Hi, welcome to Rivers to Resilience podcast, where you'll gain insights, knowledge on emotional resilience, and you'll be inspired, motivated, and transformed. On today's episode, we'll be looking at the tipping point. And this all relates to world events with the unfortunate murder of George Floyd which touched place on the 25th of May in America. This was the tipping point for the world in the midst of a global pandemic. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. So many people understand what that means. And when I think of that word, I can't breathe, to me, it's synonymous with racism, injustice and inequality. And I'm talking about this today in the context of resilience because I can breathe, because I have a voice and I will not be silent as a human being, as a black individual, as a psychotherapist and as a person that promotes as a person that, that, that values equality, diversity and inclusion. So we are at a tipping point in society in terms of racial injustice, racial inequality. There's been a long history globally of racism. And when we think of racism, I think it's important to understand what racism is and how it affects individuals, how it affects organisations, how it affects structures, how it affects resilience in individuals. So when we think about racism, it's important to understand that there's macro racism and there's micro racism. So micro racism refers to racism on an individual level. So this can be when someone experiences internalised racism. And this is when an individual may hold beliefs, ideologies and attitudes that are racist, that discriminate against particular groups. There can also be interpersonal racism, which, um, which is evident and which is, is conveyed in interactions between individuals. So there might be microaggressions or slights. And then with macro racism this is systemic this relates to the structures in a country or in an organization which disadvantages particular groups it can limit access into certain industries and it can also disproportionately affect individuals so let me add to the context we know that Black women are underrepresented in executive and boardroom positions. And this is according to the McKinsey report in 2018, which shows that 8% of UK executives are BME and 22% of university students are BME. So there's a big disparity in those statistics. Also, black workers with degrees get paid 23% less than their white counterparts. And we know that there's a lower percentage of African and Caribbean managers, directors and senior officials. So 5.7% in comparison to those of mixed ethnicity, which is 7.2% and white individuals, which is 10.7%. And the unemployment rates for 
BME, BME individuals is significantly higher than that for white individuals. It's, it's 50% higher. So I'm sharing this just to put it into, into context. Because for me, I believe that it highlights that there is huge racial disparity in the UK and beyond. And the ethnicity pay gap highlights that there's a 3.2 billion UK pay gap for BME workers. So all of this evidence highlights that racism, inequality and injustice is pervasive, is pervasive and it's prevalent and we can't ignore it. We have to speak up because we have a voice and we need to consider how resilience can be leveraged in these difficult times to successfully navigate through check through racism and to also change the narrative tipping point when you think of the tipping point what does that mean for you try and visualize the tipping point change that's what comes to mind for me change the edge of change change and revolutions don't occur overnight but i believe that we are at a tipping point globally because following the death murder let's be more specific of george floyd on the 25th of may by a police officer this led to a global response and it was amplified because we're living in the middle of COVID where many people are working from home. Many people are consuming, a greater proportion of the world is consuming media because they're working from home. Life is on pause. And that is why I believe the response to this injustice was far greater. The response to this injustice wasn't only from black individuals, but it was from individuals of all backgrounds, all races, all creeds, all ages. And that's what I believe has contributed to this injustice being amplified. The protests which followed globally were persistent because we know that the police officer was not charged initially. And, and, and just even just saying that brings such sadness and despair to me. How can someone murder a human being and not be imprisoned? It further highlights the injustice, the inequality, and the need for change. It highlights that macro racism, which is pervasive and which can be covert also. So when we think about the tipping point, for me, it means and it highlights that society has had a collective voice and taken a collective stance and said no to injustice. Society has amplified their voices, has taken collective action, and it highlights that protests are important in bringing about change organized protests people peaceful protests i'm not talking about 
you know, damaging and looting in, in shops. I'm talking about organised protests, putting pressure on the government, putting pressure on the, um, the police force to charge these officers that killed George Floyd. And for me, the protests highlight that the protests were not just for George Floyd. The protests were for injustice. The protests were for a catalogue of black individuals that have not received justice. There's too many to name, but I'll just share a few. So there's Brianna Taylor, Armand Albury. There's Mark Duggan. There's also Stephen Lawrence. Though if you think about the Windrush scandal, there's just so much, so much injustice and the black community, the white community joined forces and took a stance against injustice. What have you taken a stance for in your life? What has driven you to take action? And how has resilience impacted upon that? That's something that I'm going to explore today because it's so important to acknowledge that if someone's experiencing racism, injustice, inequality, that it affects their mental health, it affects their well-being, it affects their physical health as well, it affects stress. And prolonged stress can also lower the immune system. So it does have a physical impact on this. And I'm so passionate about this because for me, as a black British therapist, psychotherapist, with parents who were born in the Caribbean, I know about racism. As a child, it's something that I experienced. I was raised in a predominantly white area. I went to a um, an all-girls school and it was, yeah, I was a minority. There were about, I think there were three black individuals or black and mixed race individuals. And I do have some vivid experiences of racism. I recall, I think I was around 10, just walking to the local corner shop. And I remember being called nigger and having my hair pulled. That's the earliest recollection that I have of racism. And I can, I can reflect on it now and consider how, it's, how it affected me as a child. Because I remember that growing up as a child, I always wanted my hair to be straight. My hair's naturally curly, but then I guess it was a bit frizzy. My mum wasn't really someone who used a lot of hair products. But I always wanted my hair straight. And I'm sharing this because it helps you to understand the impact that racism can have upon an individual because you'll try to assimilate. You may try to um, um, adjust your um, appearance. You may try to fit into certain, I guess, certain categories or certain roles or expectations that you feel are expected possibly in the workplace. And all of this can have an adverse effect on you. And it also requires resilience. It requires you to bounce back and successfully navigate through the challenges of life, through the crisis, through those difficult times. But it can, it can take its toll on you, racism. 
Because when we look at and think about how George Floyd was treated and many other black individuals, and it's still happening, unfortunately, if we think about the fact that the Metropolitan Police are four times more likely to use force against black people than white people, black individuals are more likely to be stopped by the police. Black boys, Caribbean boys are more likely to be excluded at school. Why? What is fueling that? Is it racism? Is it macro racism? I'm just throwing that out there because I want you just to have a think about it. All of these experiences can have and do have an adverse effect on individuals. Now I want us just to think about the protest. I was shielding during that time, so I wasn't able to attend or go to the protest, but I'm not really sure if I would, if I'm being honest. I was in a difficult place. I felt restricted. We know that the government warned people against protesting in the UK because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. But racism and injustice is a pandemic that has existed far longer than coronavirus. And I believe that it was that that led to humanity taking a stance against injustice and inequality. When I saw all of the protesters in the UK, and when I saw the protesters in Manchester, I felt proud. I felt proud to be a Mancunian. I felt proud of my brothers and sisters from all races who were fighting for justice. I felt proud because it shows that we have a voice. It also highlights that protests are important because it allows people to experience a sense of cohesion, community, a sense of unity. And it's also a way to, to demonstrate resilience as well, because when you come together as a community or as individuals with common values, shared values, that can boost your resilience, can help you to feel less isolated, and especially under the conditions of, of COVID-19, which is quite isolating and lonely for individuals. You can feel quite restricted. But all the research shows that actually attending a process, protest can help because it's cathartic. It can provide the greater sense of community, and it can also help individuals who are marginalised to be change makers. So there's lots of benefit to attending protests. And I believe that that is what drove a lot of people to take action. But it's also important to remember that protests can also have, take its toll on individuals emotionally and psychologically. For people that maybe watched and observed the protests on the TV, or if they were there, it can be traumatic, especially if individuals are looting or are being violent. That can have an adverse effect on, on individuals. Also, some research shows that sometimes 
the levels of depression can increase as a result of a protest, regardless of personal involvement in those protests. And that's suggestive of the community spillover. And also some research suggests that the collective actions through protests can reduce depression and suicide. And that's possibly due to the collective cathartic experience and the greater social cohesion within subpopulations. So in summary, protests can have benefits and they are beneficial, but they can also have a negative effect on how individuals might feel psychologically. But a lot of it depends on the outcome. And it's evident that the, that the protests in the UK and worldwide have, have brought about change. But it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And I know that there's a lot of groups that are uniting together. There's new groups that have been established within the UK and beyond to ensure that this is not the end, but it's the beginning of change. A tipping point is taking place. The government are being held accountable. And when we think about the COVID-19 and the disproportionate impact that it's had on BME individuals and the lack of action that the government has taken, that further highlights the structural inequalities that exist within healthcare. It highlights further that that macro racism is pervasive and widespread. Going back to the protests, it wasn't just that people were protesting, but people's eyes were illuminated to the extent of racism in the UK. When we think about the Edward Coulson statue in Bristol, the slave trader that was toppled over, that action to me shows that these individuals were resilient. Because imagine as a black individual walking past that every day, I couldn't even imagine it. And seeing that a slave trader was idolised. What would that mean to you? What message is that conveying to you? To me, it highlights and suggests that the black race is dehumanised because how on earth were in 2020 can a slave trader be idolised? But I was so pleased to hear today on the news that a new statue had been erected in its place of a Black Lives Matter protester, a lady called Jen Reed, who stood on the Colston plinth after that statue with top was toppled. For me, that highlights that change is here. A revolution is taking place, but it's important that we continue. And when I say we, I mean individuals of all races, we continue to seek justice to fight for justice we continue to have a voice we continue to be activists until we see the change that we deserve because black lives do matter and that's what is being amplified and highlighted because for too long racism 
has been overlooked because it's COVID, I believe it's more covert in the UK and it's more difficult to pinpoint. So how does racism and resilience, how is that linked? Let's think about the intercept between racism and resilience. So with emotional resilience, one way that you can build it is by experiencing a sense of social connectedness, experiencing a sense of community, because that can help you to bounce back during difficult times, during a crisis. Also, it can help you to learn and grow during a crisis as well. So during the unfortunate death and murder of George Floyd, during I guess the amplification of racial tensions and injustice, which began on the 25th of May and they're continuing now, it's evident that there's been a lot more social connectedness and support. There's been a lot of groups that have been established and set up online and offline. There's been a lot more conversations talking about it. I know that there's been a lot of groups that have been set up to continue the conversations and to ensure that action takes place and to ensure that pressure has been applied to the government in order for long-term change to take place. And that requires resilience, that requires persistence, that requires consistency, and it requires a strong community. And it requires black individuals, black community to have their allies on board. It is so important because I believe it is all of our responsibility to fight for justice. What are your thoughts? We know that social relationships and connectedness and community has a positive effect and impact on well-being, mental health and physical health. So that's why it's so important for strong communities to be fostered during these difficult times, because that will build resilience. You can learn to emulate resilience from others. Being part of a community gives you a place, a safe space to express gratitude, which is so important to well-being and can also enhance resilience. Having those social connections and that positive community can also help with building self-esteem increases that sense of belonging and companionship and self-efficacy which are all important to building and enhancing emotional resilience and that's why even in the workplace it's so important to have that kind of sense of a, of a team to have a sense of belonging that's how we're wired as individuals so if you are struggling to, to be part of a community, I would encourage you to maybe think outside of the box and consider how you can try and foster that. And I know it's slightly more difficult because we are living in these challenging times with COVID. Although the restrictions have been lifted, people are still feeling anxious, which is which is right, rightly so, because this, this pandemic still exists and people are still dying. But social connections are so important. Ensuring that organisations, corporate organisations, charities, all organisations have 
a space for black individuals, people of colour to connect. So there's usually um, diversity groups or BME groups. That brings a sense of community and that can also help to build and foster resilience within the workplace, which is important and critical. But I believe it's important for these subgroups or specialist groups to be comprised of individuals that are skilled and experts in those areas in order to lead it. It shouldn't just be something that's tokenistic. Also, when we think about community and social connectedness, it's important to look at the neuroscience behind that because when there's a sense of social connectedness, there's long-term and short-term gains and effects, and it has an impact on the nervous system. So it can reduce stress and it can enhance well-being. And it also reduces the activation of a brain structure, which is called the amygdala, which is um, linked with emotional regulation. So what I'd like to encourage you to do during these times is to build your social network to ensure that you focus on having a strong community. The protests may have reduced. The media coverage may have reduced. However, the fight for equality has not ceased. The fight for justice has not ceased. Therefore, there needs to be a strong sense of community and cohesion in order to build those resilience muscles which are going to allow you to endure and persist on this journey of resilience. It's going to allow you to ensure that your rivers to resilience are wide enough to enable you to continue on the journey of resilience, which is going to allow you to continue to fight for justice for all. We will not be silent and we will continue to fight for equality because this is 2020. The time is always right to do what is right. So let's remember that. As Dr. Martin Luther King reminds us that the time is always right to do what is right. So that's the challenge that I, that I throw out to you. Are you going to do what is right during these challenging times, during this crisis? Are you going to fight for injustice? Thanks for listening. And we look forward to taking you on our journey of building resilience, of helping you to be inspired, motivated and transformed. <laughs>